0: Hi, Aaron. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. Thanks for having me. Can you tell me about where you grew up
1: and what you ate? Yeah. Um, so, I am originally from the Midwest. I grew up in Illinois, Central Illinois, and was there until I was about twenty-seven. And so it was we were surrounded by corn and soybeans, <laughs> pretty much was was what we were surrounded by. And um, I did not eat the best. Mm It's, you know, it's kind of funny because I feel like people in food are, have all of these like rich histories and they have family members who are really into food. And I ate McDonald's growing up. Like that was kind of my family. Um, my mom cooked some, but it wasn't a huge part of our household. And so, yeah, it was a lot of fast food and we were always on the move. Um, so it's like, I don't really have this rich childhood history with food. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then it wasn't until I was really well into college that I started connecting more with food.
0: Right. What made you connect more with
1: food? Um, my dad had a heart attack when he was 45. Wow. And so that, yeah, <laughs> so that was kind of a big wake-up call for our family, like my mom had already really, my mom's a nurse and so she was really already well into trying to um, bring in more fruits and vegetables into the house and everything. And then finally, when my dad had his heart attack, it was kind of like, oh shit, like, okay. And I was 20, 20 at the time, I think. Um, and so it was definitely a big, okay, I, I need to start taking care of myself more. And so I really dove into to eating, just trying to figure out like, okay, what does my body need? Um, It definitely was not always the healthiest path at times, but it's kind of what kick started up until now, really.
0: Right, right. And when and why did you become vegetarian?
1: So it it was all kind of tied up with that. Um, I, you know, I wasn't at the start of my journey, but then as I started, you know, trying to eat a little bit better, I was kind of realizing, I was like, I don't think I really like meat. Um, (laughs) And... Uh, so as I started eating more vegetarian, but being in the Midwest, rural Midwest, my options were really limited. You know, we didn't always have the best produce, um, going out to eat, I ate a lot of salad and French fries, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, or mushroom pasta. I feel like that was, it was either, either, um, and so I, you know, I was, I've been vegetarian off and on for, for various different reasons, um. Just because, you know, a lot of that where it was like I didn't have access to everything. But when I got out to California, which was about eight years ago, um, it really started to kind of change even more my perspective on food Um, that had already started in Illinois when I had joined a um, CSA but it was a really unique one in that it was a you pick and Mm -hmm. so every week you would go out and they'd have flags and you could just really get your hands dirty um and the farmer who ran that was always around always asking like you available for questions um and so that kind of really again that was the other push that I needed in a direction to really just fall in love with vegetables
0: yeah and and so how did you get into writing about food and developing recipes um purely accidental um (laughs) You know, in, I
1: had a live journal in high school. And so the concept of, sharing, <laughs> no, See, um, yeah, I think, I think we're about the same age. So, um, <laughs> and so, you know, sharing, sharing your life online was already kind of like ingrained a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so when I started trying to eat a little bit better I was just like, I'm going to share my journey. I got a blog spot. It was called Very Delicious, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> really nothing. Um, And so that was, that was my, and I had, I had worked in restaurants. I had been both front of house and back of house. Um, I, you know, I knew that I really liked food, but I did not ever know that that was a path that I could take Um, just because I, you know, growing in the rural Midwest, you didn't really know that that was something. Um, So I. Yeah, so I started the blog as just a way to share random stuff and then I just kept going with it for, for whatever reason I thought I wanted to open a bakery because I mean I feel like that's a lot of people's ambitions yeah. at some point in time in life Same. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I was sharing a lot of baked goods There was a group called Tuesdays with Dory's uh, where mm-hmm. we were baking through Dory Greenspan's book one of her books um, and it made me realize I was like okay there's kind of a cool community even in 2008, I think it was. Um, and so I just kept kind of sharing what I was making and it just continued to snowball. And for whatever reason, I stuck with it. Um, just, mm-hmm. I, I think it was just one of those things like it was my creative outlet um, during the rest of my college career. And then when I started work after college, um, Then I decided that I was like, no, I really want to try and pursue this bakery thing. So I started a job at a bakery, getting up at three o'clock in the morning to get to work by four. And after a year of that, I said, oh, hell no. (laughs) This is not me. Um, Although the dream did not die then. Um, So I went back to grad school for um, music. So that's my, like, I always oscillated between music and food. And, but the blog stayed with me for that whole time. Um, at the end of grad school, I tried to buy a coffee shop and bakery and it was taking like the paperwork was kind of there. Um, and then I got a job to teach college music. And the day after I got that job, the bakery was like, okay, we're ready to move on. And so I just kind of took it like, okay, this isn't, this isn't where I'm supposed to be in life. Right. Um, so I taught college for two years, but then again, <laughs> still writing about food. Um, and then at the end of of that time was when I got my first cookbook deal to write about grinding your own flour at home, and I just kind of that was that was it that was it for me. When I moved out to yeah. California, I was just in food at that point. Yeah.
0: What wh- what brought you to California? From the- uh, my husband's job. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he, so, um,
1: sorry. not no, no. Like we knew nothing. We had no family here. We knew nothing about the area. Um, we just knew that we needed to change, and okay. it was quite possibly the best thing to ever happen.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I'm well, yeah, you, when you began your blog in the aughts, it was a big time for lifestyle blogging. And, you know, you've already, you've written two cookbooks too, but you know, I, it seems like you yourself, you keep yourself out of the spotlight a little bit. Like I was looking at the about page on your website and it's like, it's about the blog. It's not about the person, which is like such a different thing. I think with with um blogging so how did you kind of approach your your and how did it evolve over time
1: too um yeah I mean it was definitely really personal in the beginning yeah um I mean through through many years actually just yeah. again like you said it was that was that was what people did um but what I realized is that I I don't I was always told I mean there's definitely I mean there's a lot of conferences that revolve around like yeah. how to do food blogging. And you know, there's people who write food blog or like blogs about food blogging. And <laughs> you know, it's always like, make yourself a personality and make it, make it about you and the food secondary. And I try, I would try that. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is because again, that's, you're told that's how you grow your audience. That's how you, yeah. you know, make money. And I tried it and I was like, I hate this. Like I couldn't, <laughs> it made me deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and so I've always felt like I've always just been, it's been about the food first. It's never really about me. Um, and I, I like it like that. Um, because also again, I I don't feel like I need to share my entire life on the internet. Um, I like having kind of the dichotomy between who I am on the internet and who I'm in, like, I'm the same person, but my lives are a little bit separate. Yeah. So, um, and you know, it's just, food blogs it's, it's interesting because it's again things evolve over time and when i started it was just about sharing my journey but then as time went on it was like oh people can make money from this Oh, people can make a lot of money from this um and that becomes the focus for so much of of what you feel like you're supposed to be doing where it's like okay i'm i am creating content i'm creating recipes to satisfy google right you know right. I, um, that's how we end up with thousands of e- or thousands of, of recipes for basic you know like cashew cream or something like that. Yeah. I mean just things that you know do I need to reinvent the wheel and I kept right. feeling this pressure to just to make money and it was yeah I, I, again some it <laughs> didn't like that either
0: <laughs> so. yeah and you know now you've you took time off and now you are launching cook casual um can you kind of tell, tell me how that happened? Like what, what you took a break and you decided to launch a new vehicle and like, it's really awesome. And people are really into it, it seems, but you know, what, what kind of inspired this, uh, this new, new trajectory? I,
1: so a lot of it was kind of the burnout from blogging. Um, right. I knew I wanted to quit years ago, like three years mm-hmm. ago, um, my husband had to talk me a lot of the time. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to burn it down. It's time to burn it down. Just shut <laughs> it off. Uh, because it, it's a lot to, yeah. um, run a website. Uh, yeah. you know, it's even just the tech behind it. Um, it can be a little intense. And then on top of the not really feeling like I'm creating content for myself. I'm creating content to satisfy SEO results. Um, and then the other thing that I, that really kind of pushed me over the edge was the partnerships, um, the sponsored content, which, um, you know, it's a huge industry, right? There's, it's, it's probably one of the main advertising industries at this point in time, because people, they see the, um, the, like the benefit of having a, personality online say, no, this is the product I use. And while I was really, I tried to be the most cautious I could about the partnerships that I, like I, I had, um, it just got to be over time that even the company was like, okay, no, I like working with you, but it really limits what I can talk about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I had a, if I had a company that was selling grains and flowers and all of that, all of a sudden I felt like I couldn't talk about the local products that I was using. Um, just because then I worried, like, are they going to be mad at me that I'm saying, no, you should also buy flour from this other place. Um, and so it kind of just really got to me where I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Um, and like how to make money anymore, which is not always, I mean, unfortunately in the society we live in is a little necessary. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so it's like, okay, how do I, how do I still do what I love at least I thought I loved um which was really try and just excite people about eating vegetables like I don't I don't care if people go vegetarian right yeah I want people to eat less meat um I also I don't want to do it through fear yeah um because I feel like so much we're told like no you I mean you have to eat less meat because of climate change you're all gonna (laughs) like it just seems very fear-driven and I mean I have a sick year old and nothing ha- like he won't do anything through fear or yeah. stuff like that like positive <laughs> reinforcement essentially <laughs> and so I created um so I stopped the blog because I was like I this it's not sustainable for me I hate it um and so I just let it be for a while because I I was going to take it offline but then I realized I was like I still use a lot of the recipes on, on that website yeah. so I'm still trying to figure out like what it just sits there um but I wanted to create, uh, and so I took time off, and I'm not—I wasn't even sure I wanted to come back or do anything because um, I was with my, my son for the past year and a half. Um, because one of, second, okay, I'm trying to remember where I was now. Um,
0: Your son. I was at home. Yeah, yes, I was at home right. for
1: the pandemic. Um, yeah, and so because my son wasn't at school, and so um, I was just trying to figure out, you know, what what comes next? Do I what kind of career do I want and I kept what I but what I kept doing was just sharing what we were eating pretty much mm-hmm. every day because I was still cooking a lot I was like, I actually feel like I was cooking more um during this time and so I I just kept sharing what I was doing on Instagram yeah and of course you know people on Instagram always like recipe oh uh, you know, yeah um, <laughs> and so I you know, I I kept realizing, I was like, no, I, I really love being in this space. I love creating food. I, it, I it's, it always comes back to, I love creating food that inspires people to eat more vegetables, right? Because it I do want it to be something that is really positive, that's really, that I want people to engage. I want people to think, you know, I want someone to eat something that I've made and say, oh, this is delicious. And then go, oh, wait, is this is this vegan right like you know yeah um to, to have that realization that you don't need to eat me to have this beautiful food um and so I kind of kept just trying to figure out like do I go back to a blog I tried Patreon for a while mm-hmm. and it just felt like a really weird platform for me yeah um, I kind of felt in debt a little bit because it, it it felt like what do people expect from me on this platform and I could never get a hang on like what I wanted everything to feel like on that platform. So I, that lasted maybe four months. And I was like, "This is mm-hmm. great. okay, so then I decided that I really, I, I missed print. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've done the two cookbooks, I've experienced what that is. And it's a lot. Yeah. Um, I know you're writing a book right now. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like any books are a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and while I really love I'm a very tactile person. And so I Mm -hmm. love the idea of holding something in my hands. Um, But the idea of doing another cookbook was just like, I don't, for for various reasons, didn't really seem like what I wanted to be doing. And so I was, okay, well, what can I do? And that's how I kind of came to the zine format um, because it allowed me to do something tactile that people can hold, um, but also still uh, give people the digital option. But then, using that as a way to support all of the information that I share on Instagram, whether that is kind of the off-the-cuff meals, um, you know, I like to share a lot of articles um, because I do think that to, to be really informed about what we're eating, you need to know what goes into that food, um, you know, that was honestly... Moving to California, that's kind of what changed my entire perspective on everything. Because um, you know, we we're living through climate change right now here. You know, there's a fire right. that's right up the road that's destroyed tens of thousands of acres. Um, every day we have to check our air quality because I don't know if I can open our windows or not. Right. Um, you know, driving from from north to south along the 101, you see all of like so much of the food that is grown in California for. know the rest of the country and you start to question like okay well what about those workers and so it just being in California is being at the heart of a lot of food issues and to me it's unacceptable to separate what we eat from those issues and so that's the zine allows to support kind of my ability to share some of that um and then yeah so I think that's, <laughs> so I went, on, I went on a tangent there.
0: No, no, it's really um, useful to hear that um, because I think um, it's funny. I'm actually talking to a class at Penn State this Friday that's going to be, it's literally a class about I think independent creation. Like they're now teaching the journalism students how to be their own, I guess, like business because everything is so broken. Um, yeah. And it's really interesting to hear about, you know, how someone recovers from burnout, having a successful blog, it becoming not what you want anymore, and how do you go move on from there? Like that is, that is a huge question. And I think, I mean, people think of this work that I would say we both do around food as maybe, you know, not, um, not as significant <laughs> as like food policy or something like that, where it's like, but. It's still so, like, we are talking to people about how to live in your daily life about food, Um, and I think that that's, like, such a significant thing, but it also takes so much out of, uh, it's so much work. Like, it really is so much work. (laughs) Because you you just started doing, like, reels and stuff, right? Yeah, I hate it. (laughs) I hate it. I mean, I'm finding a little bit of, like, a creative... um, I'm finding my own way in it I suppose but I only am doing it to make Instagram happy. But like yeah. I like my feed is unrecognizable to me at this point which I shouldn't have I shouldn't yeah. care about anyway but um it's like <laughs> it I'm still I my engagement is so low even though I'm doing these stupid reels and they take forever. And so it's like why what am I supposed to do? I mean, for me, it doesn't, Instagram doesn't matter as much, I guess, because I'm not like, I do recipes, but it's not my bread and butter. And like, it's more like a bonus thing. And then, um, people get my essays and interviews in their inbox. So I don't like, and that's where I need people to engage, not necessarily on Instagram, but at the same time, I know I'm not an idiot. I have to be like extremely, curated on all social I mean on Twitter I'm I say whatever the hell I want but on <laughs> on Instagram it's like it's just such a weird platform I think like yeah. because like it started out so easy and fun and then it now it's just like why is this like I'll never make it part of like my real work like it's just yeah. an expression of it's like bonus content I guess because yeah I think people like I just one I don't have the capacity nor the interest to make like slideshows in Canva about different things but also like I just see it as so ephemeral and like they can change anything at any time they you know it, it there's no reason for me to invest that much in it um but yeah I mean you know it's interesting uh, yeah go go I was <laughs> just gonna, because it
1: um it kind of felt the same way with the blog too yeah. because you know, um, there would be you know, Google search would do updates, and all of a sudden you'd go from getting you know, 100,000 hits from Google search a month to 50,000, and all of a sudden you're like, and people would lose lots of money over this. And it was just always this you know, in Facebook groups I was in, people would be freaking out, or uh, or Pinterest, you know, people drive a lot yeah. of traffic from Pinterest too, and it's so it's like I. I hated the reliance on one platform to, to do that. And, but I do think, you know, it's interesting because I remember being, I think at IACP, um, the culinary professional conference a few years back and people were just bashing food bloggers. Right. Um, (laughs) because they're like, well, they're not real food media
0: people,
1: and like all this stuff. Um, food bloggers, I feel like tend to get you know, people, people try to really say, well, they're not professionals almost. Um, and, but what I, but what I come back to is that, you know, food bloggers are meeting people in their home, right? People are, they're connecting with the people who are cooking meals every day. They have extreme influence. Um, and you know, that's one of the reasons too, that I, I felt, felt that I needed to start sharing more as well was because, you know, I have, I have people's ears. I have people, you know, people trust me. Um, and they, you know, I think that it's important to take that to not take that responsibility lightly. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, to just move away from from all of that. Um, I mean, as, as much as you can, because obviously, like, social media is still a huge part of yeah. of any self promotion. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: No, it's it's really uh, difficult to 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 walk I don't know to be a person on social media <laughs> but also like I don't like I'm not creating I I noticed you did this you created a different account for cook casual and instead yeah. of like kind of folding it into your your own your account why, did was there a reason you made that choice um I couldn't change my username okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> um yeah so once you're verified on Instagram yeah. uh, it's, unless you have like an in an Instagram um but also I just so it's funny. I named my blog. So it's my initials. Um, Ella is my initials and I regret that every single day, (laughs) Um, primarily because, um, you know, there's deliciously Ella. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she's huge. Right. Um, and so I cannot count the amount of times I would get invited to events in the UK. Um, because people like, I get confused with her a lot. Um, (laughs) and so, you know, I, and I think too, I to, to start fresh to build something from scratch I wanted to completely divorce myself from what I was doing because it, it yeah. to me I mean to probably have people on the outside they're probably like what is she doing but to me it felt like such a difference like I I needed that that switch I needed to say no this is this is something new it's something that is not what I was doing before yeah um it's not just a food blog um you know I, I want to create something that really engages people
0: right right and you know how did you kind of get to your style because you know people think of vegetarian food and i think this this is even in contrast to how think people think of vegan food but like people think of vegetarian food as like a very 1970s thing mm-hmm. like macrobiotics and like just tons of cheese and like like not yeah. a lot of like nuance and freshness um but hopefully that's changing. But, you know, your style is super fresh and vibrant. Uh, you share so much about your own garden that you're, gr- what you're growing. You know, how did you kind of develop that style, not just in recipes, but in photography? And like, you know, how how is this kind of, how did you develop, you know, your gardening skill as well? <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Full disclosure, this is my first year having an actual garden. Okay, cool. Um, I, yeah, I used to do pots, like I'd have a bunch of pots in the backyard, um, but honestly it was more, um, so it started with that CSA, um, right. just because it, it, it got me to have my hands in the dirt. Like it was just something about being able to go out every week and, and connect with the, the soil, the plants and be like, okay, hey, yeah. this, is, this is, I know where my food is coming from, I'm picking it. Um, and then moving to California, I remember the first time I walked into the co-op here and I honestly, I just froze because the produce section was unlike anything I had ever seen before. Um, like anything you could possibly want was in that produce section. And all of a sudden it was like, what is this magic? Um, and then, you know, there's where, where I'm at, there's, you can pretty much go in any direction and there's the farmer's market almost every day. And so just having that proximity to all of this beautiful fresh produce it's kind of like okay well I'm not gonna layer it with a bunch of cheese I'm not I don't want to hide it you know I don't <laughs> yeah. want to I don't want to act like I'm trying to hide it from a five-year-old um like it it is it, you know I, I probably overused the word beautiful too much but I, I <laughs> am just completely inspired by by the produce um that I, I want to really showcase it the best I can um, and then having that added layer this year of being able to grow my own and, and really, you know, if I'm like, okay, well, I need eggplant for this, um, just walk out to the garden. And, you know, that's, it, it's a really freeing, um, feeling, um, yeah. that to just have that. And so I am really inspired. I love cookbooks. Um, I mean, as you can see, that's pretty much that entire shelf nice. behind me, <laughs> um, you know, and I think that one of the like having um having more I'm trying to think of the right word um access to um cultural cookbooks like i i am i i think that that is also one of the other things that really pushed my my cooking over the edge was that there are so many other cultures that do vegetarian cooking amazingly well right like using different spices and flavors and um or just vegetables in general um, so many cultures treat them with such respect and, and have such great flavor behind them that it started to really inspire me to kind of blend what i'd been doing up until you know i really started diving more into cookbooks and and bringing a lot of that knowledge into cooking um and then just you know it's it's odd to to think of some some positives to come out of the past year and a half but cooking three meals a day of just stuff that I wanted to cook, right? Like just being like, okay, what what sounds good? What what can I make today? Um, I think has really pushed me over, over into this territory that I can really make my cooking my own
0: um, and run with it. And, you know, uh, what can people kind of expect from Cook Casual that might be different from what they got from Naturally Ella? So, really the inspiration behind
1: the zine like it's not the, the zine is pretty much purely recipes um, yeah because again i just i just wanted that tactile experience but the way i structure the recipes i really wanted it to be as though people were coming over for a meal um right. because i i i one of the things i love doing is that when i have people over for dinner um i really make sure to try and balance the meal out i have a really specific memory of when i was at like this fancy restaurant downtown and i was going on this um farmer's market tour with the chef and they brought us back and he had prepared a meal and everyone else got this beautiful fish with beans under it. And I literally just got the pile of beans. Right. And I'm not complaining. I love beans, <laughs> but it was literally just like beans and oil was my main yeah. course. Um, and I was like, really dude, like you couldn't have done like it, it, it always felt to me that, you know, <laughs> <Come> on, <Michael. laughs> yeah, you can wait. Okay. Um, you know, being, uh, being a bit like the vegetarian meal was always the second thought, right? It was always the like, oh, what can we shove on a plate for the vegetarian? Um, And so I'm so sorry. What was the question?
0: Oh, no. What can people expect from cookout that's different? Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so really how I build out the recipes is it's like, I, I go with the main course and two sides and I'm always trying to balance texture, flavor, um, protein. Cause that was another thing that I always felt lacking in vegetarian meals, right? Like, how, how am I how am I having a balanced meal? And so I really orient the recipes. There's um, four sets of three recipes that are meant to, like people can make them as a meal. It's, it's how I would serve them um, because I, I do really try and keep in mind, like if I have a rich dish, I wanna balance it with something fresh and maybe a bit acidic and then something that maybe has a little bit of heat to it. And so the recipes are kind of oriented towards that, but at the same time, they don't have to be prepared like that. Um, and then I just try my best to make sure that, because the way I cook is very um, component-based, right? I constantly have all these sauces and other things in my refrigerator, so I want to inspire people to be like, okay, well, you can make this one thing, but then you can make it five different ways um, using it, you know using this one thing five different ways and create completely different awesome meals from it. Um, and so again, it it everything I feel like I've been doing comes back to this inspiration side of things, just to yeah. to be like, hey, this is. It, it's awesome. I, I want to look at, look at eating less meat as a glass half full kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. you don't, you, this isn't, We don't need to compare it to, to, to the meat dishes, right? It can be its own thing. It doesn't, doesn't need to be compared to anything. It's, we can just live like this. Um, you know, it's funny. I was, my son and I have conversations about the idea of eating meat um, because, so we're primarily a vegetarian household. Um, my husband was not, he was, you know, I remember like the first time I made him breakfast with like whole grain pancake mix and um, m- real maple syrup. He was like, what, what it-? Like, he got really, <laughs> um, he was like, what is this? <laughs> like, this is this weird stuff. Um, and so, you know, over time though, we, as a family have grown into, to eating this style to the point of where like my son the other day, he's like, wait, there are, there are people who eat meat every day. What? Like, it, it, and all of a sudden I like looked at him and I was like, yeah, dude. Like it's, it's society. And, and so um, to realize, so that you know, change can happen. Um, yeah. Like my husband was like, "You can use me as an example um, that that we can that we can eat less eat, eat less meat,
0: um, and it doesn't have to be a a bad experience." I guess. <laughs> I guess. Right, so, right. no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've I've had that impact on my fiance as well, I guess where, um, he, he doesn't really eat any meat unless someone like, unless someone is like eating something he would like in front of him and then he'll like share with people. Um, like if my fam, like my family was eating lamb chops and he loves lamb and like, of Mm -hmm. course I'm like, ugh uh, about that. Um, but you know, I can't tell him what to do. And so, um, and I, you know, of course, like the, the occasional meat, I guess, makes people realize that it's like, why would I do this every day? (laughs) Like, I think once you make that consciousness shift to like, I don't eat meat every day of my life, when you do eat meat, like a couple of times a year, it's like, yeah, why would I need to do this every day? This is enough.
1: (laughs) Well, and you know, too, I think that it, it really helps with the, um, the idea that when you do eat meat, it should be something that is, um, spe- like special, right, special. And yeah. It should, yeah. And it should be treated as such. And you yeah. should, um, like source it as such. And like, I actually, I have a lot of respect for people who like buy whole animals and like, um, you know, if that's something, if you're going to eat meat, like do it yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of respect for that because again, I'm, I'm not naive to think yeah. that, um, we're going to be a planet who doesn't eat meat.
0: Right. Yeah. so same.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, and so I, I actually really love seeing when people talk about that and, you know, there's a, um, there's a dairy that I get some like yogurt and halloumi like cheese from, and they're very much trying to steward the land. Um, they talk about that you can tour. And so it's like, I really, I want to see more transparency and more, um, more support of of farms that are doing that, um, whether that's meat or dairy or eggs or you know any yeah. animal product, um, just because I think that that's really the the key forward or the path right. forward. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and you know I've I've noticed that you use your platform a lot to talk about different political and social justice matters, and and I've you know I saw you respond in real time to some criticism that was, it was really interesting. And it's funny cause I think I talked to my friends about when that happened and we were like, oh wow, she's really cool <laughs> about you. Cause it's like, you, you, uh, you know, it's like um, the food world is really conservative and really uh, sometimes sort of anti-political in some ways like, or apolitical yeah. and like, people really try to keep those things quiet, despite how much these things are tied to our food ways and our, our ways yeah. of cooking and our ways of talking about cuisines and it, it, it you know, and so how, how did food and politics uh, become connected for you? And how did you decide to kind of be open and transparent on your platform about um, your, own, your own politics and concerns around social justice? Uh, I think, again, moving to California
1: really played a yeah. played a key role in that, um, just because, again, I, I feel like to be here, it, it's really hard. It, it, you can't ignore it. Uh, I mean, you can. People do, yeah. right? Um, but I think that it, there's many different facets to, to why I've chosen to do that. You know, the other one was I... <laughs> this, I know that this tends to be something that people get really frustrated with me about, but you know, when I, I, when I say like, I actually have a a problem with people who are like really, really on the vegan train, um, like animal rights style.
0: Yeah.
1: Cause I'm like, okay, great. No, I'm all for animal rights. Right. Yeah. But what about, what about the farm workers? What about, you know, I, it, it just seems to me like we, we throw away a lot of, of other things that are really important. Um, Because, you know, without farm workers, we don't have our food, Um, you know, without it. We're in a huge drought right now in California. Many of the reservoirs are at the lowest they've ever been. Um, Groundwater is drying up. There's communities that don't know how much longer they're gonna have water. And, um, you know, in agriculture here in California, I think accounts for something like forty percent. Um, I like throwing out statistics, but not always know the exact <laughs> amount. But I think I think it's around forty percent of of water usage on a given year. Um, and you know, so people are always talking about like, well, you know, agriculture needs to use less water, but at the same time, it's like, but we're feeding people, like, yeah, you know what what is happening here? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for me to to be living here it, it just kind of felt wrong to, to not share about it. Because I know when I lived in Illinois, I didn't, I didn't really pay attention. Like when you, when you don't, when you're not in a space, it's much easier to ignore what's happening for better or worse. Um, And so, you know, I kind of felt like it was, I already had this audience that, you know, in some way already does care about food, right? They, they followed me because they're either trying to eat less meat. um, They just want to eat more vegetables, like any of this stuff, right? There are people who are already looking at the way they're eating. And so I felt like I could continue to provide more information to really get people to think more about, okay, well, so you're, you're thinking about what you're eating. Now let's talk about where it comes from. Um, you know, the transparency behind that, um, you know, and that's, I think that's such a big thing because it's so easy to To just assume like we're always going to have these things but that's not necessarily the case um, for for many reasons Um, and so so yeah i i think that it's really important to talk about that stuff and yeah it's not always popular um because people don't really want to be challenged they don't want to a lot of people don't want to have to think about it they have the privilege to not to not have to think about it um and that's tough um because I think pretty soon we're all going to have to think about this as climate change continues to, to, to change how we view the world, um, how we grow things. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of farmers right now who are struggling, you know, there's, I've, I've just read, I think an article recently about almond orchards, just like, they just walk away from the land. They just, cause they can't, there's no water to do anything. Um, so it's, I think that as we go forward, it's only going to be more important to know about these things and and what's going to happen in any ways that we can kind of help to maybe mitigate that.
0: Sure. And um, uh, this is like wildly different topic, but I wanted to ask you about pizza and how you got (laughs) into making pizza because you make like the most gorgeous pizzas. And like, I really want to get one of those ovens but I haven't like taken the plunge yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I,
1: I love cooking with fire. Like, yeah. and that's one of those things that I feel like I wasn't always, like it's not something that I would have just randomly picked yeah. up. Um, especially, you know, I feel like anytime anyone sees a woman cooking over fire, they're like, what, what, what is happening here? <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I had already kind of started really getting into making pizza. I just, it's something that we eat weekly, um, there was really not a great pizza place near us. And so it was kind of, you know, necessity to try and figure out like, okay, what can I make something delicious here? And then I started researching the ovens and I was like, I'm just going to do it. Just going to do it. It sounds like, fun, Um, and I regretted it for about six months because I was like, this is horrible. I can't figure this out at all. Um, but luckily it was since it's something that we do week after week, I just kept figuring it out. Um, and now it's like my favorite thing that I look forward to to every week um just because there's something really fun about throwing wood in the back of an oven and yeah. coming out with pizza um and so and it's something that I think people love pizza and so it's a really easy way to also show people creativity in vegetarian yeah. cooking um just because I feel like and I, I know that like obviously my like the caveat my pizzas are not traditional <laughs> like, well, I'll, I will throw that out <laughs> okay, right? like my pizzas are not traditional um, but I think that it can be really fun to play around with toppings and ingredients and, and the seasonality behind it it's a really it's an easy way to show cooking in a seasonal setting um, yeah and kind of get people excited because people it, it's so funny it's like one of the most I almost for a while was like I feel like I should just become a pizza account because those were like the <laughs> the most engaged post on my Instagram um, because people people love pizza and so it,
0: yeah.
1: it, I found it a really easy way to to showcase kind of um again more more inspiration for eating vegetables so awesome awesome I would I you know my caveat is I always tell people I'm like do you need the oven no you don't you can make great
0: pizza in your regular (laughs) oven is it a lot of fun hell yes it is a lot (laughs) of fun (laughs) well I think you've sort of answered it but I'll ask anyway um for you is cooking a political act
1: so it's so funny when I read that question I just kind of chuckled because I know like over the past year and a half in food media it seems like people are like well duh like why would you need to say that right (laughs) yeah um but it's interesting because anytime it kind of goes back to what you talked about um what you asked about earlier where it's like anytime I post stuff that's not necessarily directly related to food um like it could be something like immigration right people are like why why are you talking about this like stick to Stick, stay in your lane. Stick to food. Yeah. Yada yada. Um, and so, but at the end of the day, so much comes back to to food. Like obviously, immigration is tied to to food. Um, and, and so, yes, food is food is extremely political, I think because of of where we're at um, right. across the board. Um, you know, it's, and I think that's why it's important to keep talking about it as such. Um, mm-hmm. Because again, you know we, I think a lot of people in food media know it is, but to the average person who is just a home cook, they, you know, they haven't made that mental right. switch yet necessarily. They haven't, you know, looked at something that they're cooking and being like, okay, what, you know, what, what all goes into this? Um, and so I think it's really important to, to, to continue talking about food through that lens um, because I think the more we do, the more we can change sure. kind of, potentially potentially have impact essentially because demand drives supply. And so, you know, the conglomerate food companies aren't going to change until people demand it. Um, And so I think the more that we can get just the average home cook to be thinking about this stuff, I think the the better chance we have at some sort of impact.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Yeah. Thank you for having me.